Hello, mothlings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our lot. You are listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I am your host, Wednesday, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is your co-ghost, the moth ma'am, Molly Von Mothra. Hi. So, today is um, a min- uh, Midnight Moth Goes to the Movies episode, and since we're doing ocean themed episodes this month we did watch the 2002 movie ghost ship and we are gonna talk about our thoughts and feelings on that movie and also give you guys some behind the scenes information and if you guys haven't ever seen that movie it isn't uh streaming anywhere for free unfortunately but you can get on youtube or voodoo and rent it for three dollars and if you're just feeling like a spooky gory movie then i recommend it yeah absolutely i watched this movie twice um in preparation for this episode i I mean i'd seen it in the past i watched it like as a as a child honestly like the more i thought about it i was pretty young when i watched this um but i don't apparently have a copy of it anymore i looked for it and then i even like was gonna just buy a copy of the dvd or whatever uh, when i went like grocery shopping last week and i couldn't find it so i guess it's not an easy one to hunt down but uh i had to rent this movie twice to watch it so i paid six dollars to watch this movie two times for this episode so you all should should feel grateful that i spent that money to watch this movie (laughs) that means that you guys should listen to it twice (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh share share this episode with a hundred people that way we we make our, so our we can money make back, back our six dollars <laughs> yes <laughs> because it's hard out here for a podcast here <laughs> <laughs> it is it's very the the money is slim <laughs> mm-hmm. this uh this movie well, I don't know. Before we get into that, I guess I want to say, I hope this episode is a little better um, than the last couple uh, movie movie review episodes that we did. I just kind of want to apologize to you all for my um, my lack of preparation for those episodes, I guess. Like, I didn't have nearly as many, like, behind-the-scenes facts and things that I would have liked to have had. But I do have those for this one because I found the behind the scenes documentary things from the dvd i found those on youtube and watched them so i have notes from that stuff too so i guess uh before we talk about like the plot of the movie because i'm gonna let um i'm gonna let molly give you all the plot of the movie this movie was made by the same people who made 13 Ghosts and the remake of House on Haunted Hill, which I think you can tell, you know, like they ha- it has that same exact vibe. It has the same kind of like special effects and storytelling and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really know that for sure until I was doing the research for this. And then when I heard them talking about that, I was like, okay, yeah, I can definitely understand the plot and all that stuff of this movie a lot better, knowing that those are the the same people. The biggest difference between this and and those movies is that uh, both 13 Ghosts and House on Haunted Hill are remakes. This movie is not technically a remake. 
it's inspired by another movie that existed that's called death ship is that what it was called Uh, yeah i believe and like i watched the trailer for death ship and you can definitely see the similarities but i think the biggest difference in them is that death ship is like the boat itself is alive rather than it being like ghosts and spirits and things like that but um but yeah so this one's not technically a remake Okay, so we're going to read the plot (laughs) straight from Google, guys. In a remote region of the Bering Sea, a boat salvage crew discovers the eerie remains of a grand passenger liner thought lost for more than 40 years. But once on board the eerie cavernous ship, the crew of the Arctic warrior discovers that the decaying vessel is anything but deserted. It's home to something more deadly and horrific than anything they've ever encountered in all their years at sea. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, okay. So, the boat in this movie is the Antonia Graza, and it's based on the Andrea Doria, which was a cruise ship that sunk in the New York Harbor in 1956. So, this is based off of an actual boat, um, you know, that had tragedy, but definitely not the same type of tragedy that's in this movie. One of the interesting things, I guess, about this movie is the amount of gore and violence, I guess, that's in it. Um, Because it's totally unexpected, I guess, from the... Like, you don't really know what you're getting into when you go to watch this. And Who uh, produces this movie? uh, This movie was made by Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even realize that it was that big of a film. Yeah, like I was saying about 13 Ghosts and House on Haunted Hill, both of those movies did really super good. And the directors of the movie that I am didn't write their names down for some reason. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, well. I wrote down the person who did like the, the set design and the special effects because that's super awesome. I wrote that down. But yeah, I didn't write down that that. Uh, the director name i don't know but anyway um they were basically trying to ride the success of those first two movies and their plan was that every year on halloween they were going to release a new movie that was like in the same vein as as those other ones but apparently this movie was so terrible that that just didn't happen this was the last one that they did and it's really funny like watching that behind the scenes thing from the from the uh the dvd that director guy he's like yeah this is gonna be an annual tradition these movies are so fun to make and people love them so much and we're gonna put one out every halloween and then that's it this was the last one that they got to do (laughs) honestly the only thing that i will say like I feel like the gore factor and stuff was, like, spot on in this movie. The plot is lacking. (laughs) It's a weird plot line. (laughs) Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And so the the movie, it was filmed in Vancouver and in in Queensland, Australia, to get, like, the kind of... um, you know the the effect of the water like how the 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 water's so like dark and the skies are certain look a certain way and stuff they they decided to use those locations because of that but i saw though that even though they put all this work into that part of it into like you know planning where to do it at 
um, all this set design, all this special effects and props and all that stuff, which is all phenomenal. This movie got a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMBD. It didn't, it's just not good. And like critics did not like this movie, did not like this movie at all. Um, now there are people who love this film, you know, like it's one of those that's kind of got one of those like cult following kind of situations, but I think it's mainly because of the gore factor and the action. It's not, the the storyline is, is kind of bad. The storyline is very, uh, B-rated movie. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I did enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I enjoyed it again when I watched it you know, this morning, actually. <laughs> I mean, I liked watching it, but like you said, it was for the gore. It was for the uh, special effects. And like, you can watch this movie and you could tell that they spent a lot of money on this movie, but whoever wrote it was like in the fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. It really feels like they lost track of what they were trying to do with it. That's what it feels like to me because I mean, it starts out pretty strong, in my opinion. Like, I think, like... It just kind of ends up not making any sense, is my issue. Yeah, like, I think the idea is good. Um, It's very original, you know, like, uh, this... and Because, like, ghost ships, um, they very much are a, a thing. Like, people have come across, like, abandoned ships floating out in the ocean. Um, People seeing like literally seeing ghost ships like ships that appear and then disappear and things like that like that's always been a thing that's happened so I think the idea was there but yeah they really really lost track of what they were trying to do and I I also think it could have used more ghosts there's all these spirits and souls that are supposed to be trapped in this boat but like you only see three of them well, see, the thing about that is, I, I was going to mention that later, but I'll go ahead and mention it now. In the movie, there's a part where one of the characters asks the captain of the, uh, you know, the salvager team, how many passengers were on this ship? And he said around 600. Out of the 600 ghosts that you had to play with, you chose three. <laughs> right. And you would think somebody who's coming off of the success of 13 ghosts would have picked more than three ghosts. I mean, I guess there's at technically least 13. Four. Right. Like at least 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's technically four if you count um, Santos later on. But like, I don't know. You definitely could have could have done more with it. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Guess who doesn't make it, guys? <laughs> now, they did... Uh, Grace Walker did the set design and stuff on this movie, and that's a pretty big name in the, um, the special effects industry and stuff. They used a mixture of practical effects, which was like their foam molds of bodies and things like that. Um, and like, they use a mixture of that and CGI, which, you know, you can tell the parts that they had to use CGI because there was no way they could do practical effects with that. But I do like that, like, the bodies and stuff were practical effects. I think that's pretty cool. And then they used blueprints of actual cruise ships to build the boats and stuff that they used in this movie. They, for for some of it, they built an actual, like, 
bow of a boat, like the size that it would actually be for a boat to film part of this movie on, which I thought was crazy. I swear that's so frustrating that they put in so much work and they couldn't even write a good story. (laughs) I know. Um, There were 200 people who worked on the... uh, the set design and then the art department you know all that stuff um, i'd like and- to know who wrote it <laughs> <laughs> i would uh, like to speak to him i just want to talk <laughs> <laughs> there's over 35 like custom built set pieces they had like miniature duplicates of the boats the b- built that they used for certain scenes they even went so far as to like the murals that you can see on the cruise ship those even have like meaning they use 19th century engraver gustav door like they they used work that he did to uh, show the struggle between your good ghost and your bad ghost in those murals even so it's like they even put that much thought into it just screwed up the story so bad (laughs) that's insane yeah about uh did you find how much the budget was for this movie yeah so 20 million dollars was the budget it made 68 million in the box office so they did make their money back and then some but it definitely probably didn't do as well as they'd hoped for a 20 million dollar movie uh no not at all it it was i mean really it was technically considered a failure that's why they didn't get the green light to continue to make their series of halloween movies I I don't even think this is a movie I would have wanted to see around Halloween because, like, boats and the ocean and stuff give me summer vibes. So I feel like it was weird that they would have even released this in the fall, but, you know, whatever. The only thing that would have, like, caught my attention for this movie, I didn't watch the trailer. And when I did watch this movie for the first time, it was years and years and years after it came out. Mm-hmm. But this like opening scene if that was the trailer that i would have watched it but to be honest this opening scene was probably the best part of the whole movie and this was one of those movies that had so mudvane uh does the main song for this movie that they you know used i guess like the most in the film which is what the later you know we'll get into that in just a second but there's a scene where you hear this song i can't remember what the song's called but i know it's mudvane the music video had scenes from this movie in it. So they used like music videos for marketing and stuff. They did decent marketing with it. You, They put out like weird merch for it, like coffee mugs and baseball hats and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> what would they put on a baseball hat for this? <laughs> I think it's like, just says ghost ship on it. it has that skull. Ew. On it. <laughs> oh God, that's so stupid. I hate it. Ew. That is so cheesy. <laughs> All I can imagine is someone wearing like a snapback and it's just got like ghost ship just in big bold letters wrote across it. Like, what is that? They should have made captain's hats. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. See, I would have bought into that. Yeah. And before, I guess before we get into the actual movie, let's well, let's talk a little bit about the cast also. So there's only one female in this movie, aside from your ghosts, which I think is, I don't know, kind of sort of upsetting to me, really, like Epps. And she's played by Juliana Margulies, who was made famous by playing on ER. She played on ER for years. And then after this movie in 2006, she was in Snakes on a Plane. 
and she also did two episodes of scrubs her filmography is much longer than this but those were just kind of the key ones that i saw that i wanted to point out and gabriel byrne uh played murphy he has a very long career but i didn't recognize anything on it and i think it's mostly because it was like a lot of old stuff because he's been he he was older when they made this movie He'd been acting since like the 70s, I think it was. And so, yeah, he has a ton of credits to his name, but they're not anything I knew, so I didn't write any of them down. (laughs) Ron Eddard played Dodge, and he also came from ER, and he was on Law & Order. Deshaun Harrington plays the ferryman, or Jack, whatever. Um, Now, he had a couple of, of credits to his name, that I recognize, but I wanted to point out Wrong Turn because that's another horror movie and he plays a main character in that. And then he also played Detective Quinn in Dexter. Oh, okay. That's yeah. where I recognize him from. Yeah, he he was in Dexter like essentially the whole time that the show was on, right? Like I think it said like yeah. 76 episodes or something. <laughs> Isaiah Washington, who I assume maybe you would recognize. who played- I do. he played Greer and he was on Grey's Anatomy (laughs) he was Burke in case anybody's wondering who he was (laughs) it's Burke from Grey's Anatomy I've noticed him from actually I didn't even realize that's who it was until I was looking at the cast and I was like no way which I mean I don't really like Burke that much anyway but but yeah he was a he's one of the first main characters on Grey's yeah as soon as I saw that I was like ah I bet Molly will know who that is (laughs) 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 and then alex demetrius played santos he has no other acting credits to his name he's a dj he has won awards for being a dj but he doesn't act anymore (laughs) Um, you know considering his warner brothers also why did they not have any big names at all in this movie i have no idea they definitely could have and it doesn't seem like from what i watched like the directors weren't like oh we want nobodies you know because sometimes directors do that because they want something to seem more authentic or whatever but they didn't do that they did not specifically ask for people who had barely did anything so i don't know well i mean you were talking about how it was in a string of movies with was it house on haunted hill and 13 ghosts yeah and both of those movies had big names in them yeah, 13 Ghosts has Matthew Lillard in it. Yeah, and uh, House on Haunted Hill has, um, gosh, what is his name? The one that, wow, wow. <laughs> Owen Wilson? Yeah, it has Owen Wilson in it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I hate that uh, I couldn't remember his name, and that's all I could remember him by, that and his crooked nose. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, he's in that movie. Right. We'll have to do 13 Ghosts at some point. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. When it gets closer to Halloween, we'll probably just, like, bombard you guys with these horror movie reviews because that's the best time to watch them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And then Carl Urban played Munder. Uh, He's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Lord of the Rings. He played in a lot of the Star Trek movies. He's in the Dread movie. He's in a bunch of stuff. And then Emily Browning, who plays Katie, the ghost girl, um, she has a long list as well, but it was mostly stuff after this point, of course, because she was a child in this movie. But she played in Darkness Falls, The Unbided, the series of Unfortunate Events movie as Violet, and she played in the movie Sucker Punch. And Francesca Redditonati, uh plays the 
Italian singer ghost in this movie, and uh, her name in the movie is also Francesca. So, or maybe it's Francesca, but I am not able to talk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. So, um, she had other credits to her name as well, but they were all Italian movies, and I didn't recognize them, so I didn't write those down. Okay, so are we uh, are are we ready to get into the meat of this <laughs> terrible movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll dig right in. <laughs> so in the opening of this movie, you don't have any idea what you're going to be watching because they did this feminine pink cursive writing to do the opening credits. It even says ghost ship in that writing. Yeah, um, it looks like this really, honestly, it looks like it's going to be some kind of like really like sweet feminine like romantic movie set in the 50s. Yeah, like you've got the music, this nice like romantic music and you're coming up on this cruise ship with this fancy, you know, like singer and all these people dressed super nice dancing on the bow of this boat and yeah it's it's so weird i i did not remember that they started it out that way and i think that was a very strange choice because honestly if you were going to watch this movie you definitely knew what you were going to watch you know like you knew it was a scary movie the cover of this movie gives it away so why did they feel the need to do that honestly i guess to give you more of a uh, a surprise factor for the next scene yeah i guess so um and then keep like, you on your toes yeah because they really did try to go for a shock factor like they wanted yeah they wanted shocks they wanted jump scares they wanted all that stuff so i yeah and then we see katie for the first time who's the little ghost girl uh later she's not a ghost yet but um she's playing with this weird toy like it's like a bunch of blocks that are connected to each other that you can spell words with and it has numbers on it and like whatever. And I've never seen anything like that before. I don't know what that even is. I have no idea. If any of you guys have any idea what this is, uh, let us know in our inbox. Because it like it almost looks like a big handheld Scrabble. Yeah. Or not Scrabble, but... Um, well, yeah, kind of like Scrabble. Kinda, it made me think of a crossword. It's like black and white. Yeah, and she just, like, writes out, I'm bored with it, and, like, (laughs) and her- I didn't even notice that part. (laughs) Yeah, and her older brother's standing there beside of her, and he just kind of, like, smiles at her, and then he walks away. He's dressed like, uh, I think he was some part of the crew, right? Because he's dressed like a sailor, like, he's not in the same kind of clothes as everybody else. Yeah. Then Katie, the captain, I guess, it is, yeah, it's the captain. He comes to her and asks her to dance with him. So she's excited and happy about that. And they go out into the center of the dance floor. And it's this really sweet, cute scene where they're, you know, they're dancing together. And everybody is around them dancing. And you have the, the fancy, pretty Italian lady singing her song on the stage and all that. And then... As this music's playing and all this is going on, like nothing like changes besides this. One of the uh, spools of the wire that's holding up the sails falls to the ground. And all you can see is it's like circling around everyone dancing and you can see that wire like like pull straight. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like tightening up on the, the thing. Like. It's like, like, I think you, you see somebody's hand hit a button or something that makes this start happening, which I was very confused about why that, 
what that even initially yeah i didn't know what was going on but by the end of the movie you realize what happened yeah but yeah somebody did this somebody knocked it down but uh this is like the most gruesome part of the movie this is like honestly one of the goriest scenes i've ever seen in a movie yeah it's pretty nasty so this wire tightens up and all of a sudden it just whips through and the music stops and it like cuts through every single person who was on the dance floor except for katie because she was too small yeah so everybody's body starts like falling apart right and it's just like disgusting like even you know like you see like halves of bodies just sliding off of each other and like there's like a woman who's like reaching for her own legs like trying to pull her legs to herself and there's blood and guts everywhere (laughs) it is absolutely disgusting and then it cuts over to katie who's obviously like absolutely in shock and she looks up at the captain and then all of a sudden half of the captain's head just falls off yeah and she starts screaming so the reason this they did this part in this movie the director what in remember in 13 ghosts um when ben the the glass cuts him in half you know he, you see his body like slide down the glass and he's you know whatever but they wanted to duplicate that because that got such a big reaction out of audiences so like basically the director said i want this again but times 80 so he set up this scene for that to happen and the special effects people were like okay yeah we'll decapitate the captain and the company warner brothers said you can't put any decapitations in this movie so that's the reason that the captain's head gets cut in half instead of off because for some reason warner brothers did not want decapitation in this movie (laughs) Oh, but cutting people completely in half is totally okay. Cutting a dude's head in half from the nose up is fine. Just not at the neck. (laughs) Why? I don't know, but that's that's why they cut the they cut him in in half instead of off. Like I don't know, completely ridiculous. (laughs) But censorship is so weird. It really is. Like while those um. Uh, special effects guys were talking about this scene in the background on the desk the top of that captain's head was sitting there <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah because they uh they made all those like foam prosthetics to do this scene so i thought that was kind of neat but yeah that, that's why that they they were trying to um get the same response again from people and you know what honestly i'm gonna say it worked because like we were talking about earlier this is the only scene from this movie i could vividly remember yeah like like i said the last time that i watched this movie was about i'm gonna say about 12 years ago and that was the sole thing that i remembered right yeah. and the very very end the very beginning and the very end were the two most memorable parts of this whole movie the beginning because it's uh, graphic and the end because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty well it. <laughs> so when we get past this part, it says present day and we come upon our tugboat and our main characters who are who we find out are like ship salvagers. And 
the only person's name for most of this that I wrote down was uh, Epps, which is the female character. I couldn't catch anybody else's name for like half of the movie. So a lot of my notes are referring to people as the color of their hair. Or <laughs> if they're well, see, I started to do that, and then I was like, you know what? It's gonna Google who plays in this movie because they don't really mention names and stuff. Yeah, it takes a minute, and so yeah. And I'm I didn't just... want to be like guy with the shaggy blonde hair, guy with the brown hair. Guy... <laughs> oh well, that's how my notes read. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad that I went back and fixed it, or we would have been. Well, I don't guess we would have been that confused. <laughs> we probably uh, would have been less confused that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see basically right away that Epps is this super strong character. She's like, you know, she's got to prove herself. She's better than the boys, all that kind of stuff. And like, she goes right directly against like the captain's orders and goes down inside of this boat that they're trying to to get to fix it so that they can you know still taking in so they can get their money out of it or whatever you do see though that all these characters are pretty strong people because they have to be because this job is like nuts like nobody a weak person could not do this job i wouldn't want to do this job i wouldn't want to be out on the sea trying to haul in like pieces of junk that are just like floating out in the ocean like i don't want to do that or like snorkeling underwater trying to fix boats and stuff like that yeah no thank you so they go to a bar to celebrate you know because this is supposed to be their last uh, job for a while they're all going to be going home and this random guy realizes who they are and i guess because he overhears them talking or something uh and he comes up to them and he starts telling them that he is a a pilot like an arctic pilot uh i think he says weather pilot if i'm not mistaken and he um, tells them about this big giant boat that he saw and he shows them these weird snapshot kind of pictures of the boat and basically he's trying to hire them to to come haul this boat in for him yeah Uh, and they figure that like they'll be able to scrap it and make a lot of money off of it and stuff like that so they decide that they're gonna go in on it yeah now the the guy isaiah washington's character uh greer that's his name. Greer doesn't want to go. He's like the only one of them, really, that's like, yeah, I don't want to do this because he wants to get home to his fiance. But because everybody else wants to do it, he does give in and he's like, okay, yeah, fine, we'll we'll go do it. And then and then I'll finally get to go home. And then you also see that like the captain and Epps have this weird dynamic between them because she's like, he can't drink. He doesn't drink. You know, like whenever uh, Jack, which I think he introduces himself here, but we call, I think they call him Ferryman for a while, but his name is Jack. Like he tries to buy the captain a drink and Epps is like, no, he doesn't drink. So like, you know, something weird is going on there, but I guess it's supposed to be like a father daughter dynamic. Yeah. I'm going to assume that maybe he was like a struggling alcoholic or something like that. Cause that comes into play later on ferryman tells them he wants 10 percent, or well he says he wants 20 percent of whatever they get out of the boat they talk him down to 10 percent. he agrees and he he convinces them to let him go with them because he says if he can't go with them like that they're not even going to know where it's at that he needs to go to show them where it is and all this stuff so basically he weasels his way on to the trip with them so then after that, it cuts to them on the boat, and they're uh, it's like pouring the rain, and they're on their way out trying to find it, and it shows Santos, which is our little uh, guy that likes uh, 
I keep wanting to say like drives the boat. I guess that would be right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's driving the boat <laughs> and um, he's up there like jamming out to, I think, Mudvayne. It is. That's the song. Yeah. He's up there jamming out to Mudvayne while this storm is raging around them. And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just totally chill. And then all of a sudden he looks at his little radar and he sees a giant boat bleeped on his radar and then it goes away and the radar goes around a few more times and he yells for um murphy to come and look which is you know our captain and he comes up there and looks and he's like oh you're crazy you don't know what you're talking about and then he's like no just watch it just watch it and then it like bleeps again and then right about that time he looks up and he sees that he is about to run into the side of this boat. Yeah, that ship. it's massive. Yeah, it's absolutely enormous. Like a hundred times the size of their little boat that they're in. Yeah. And uh, he hurries and tries to like stop it. And he ends up like smacking into the side of it. Yeah. And when he does before, well, before I say that though, like I just, I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting, but while they're, before that happens while they're all still in like the little cabin part of the boat and like hanging out and stuff dodge the the blonde guy he's reading a book that's called the conspiracy of evil and i'm just i I felt like it was foreshadowing but um, (laughs) he's out on like the the edge of the boat when they almost run into that uh that big giant boat and he gets slung forward and almost gets smashed in between the two. Like, he almost yeah. dies right then. Which, why he was just chilling outside is beyond me, because it was, like, absolutely pouring the rain. I don't even know when he went out there. Like, he was sitting in there reading that book, and then all of a sudden he's outside. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know why that happened, but whatever. They didn't really explain that. No, but where they had all those tires and stuff on their boat, they just kind of bounce back from hitting the other boat like it doesn't you know it doesn't do a lot of damage but i think it causes the engine to stall or something like that because later santos is working on the engine yeah you you realize that this big ocean liner is the scene is the boat from the beginning of the movie and they decide to board it captain murphy he knows this entire history of this boat like already like he knows that it's the boat that like it disappeared and nobody ever knew you know what happened to it and that sailors have been looking for it for centuries or not centuries for decades and all that kind of stuff so he he has some knowledge about this boat (laughs) yeah so he starts telling everybody about it and apparently it's been missing since uh 1962 and at this time you gotta remember it was like 2002 so they mentioned several times that it's been 40 years. Again, this is where they're like, oh, how many passengers were on this ship? And he's like, oh, about 600. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't see any of them. Right. They end up boarding this big ship and uh, they're just like kind of exploring and stuff. It's and disgusting. Kind of, it's absolutely disgusting. It's just wrecked. Uh, you know, there's like, rest and stuff everywhere but what's so weird about it is like there's no bodies there's zero bodies i don't know which i mean i guess there wouldn't be blood by this point that would be up up top there and stuff but i think that's one of the things that i disliked 
so much about the scenery of this movie though was that there's just absolutely nothing pleasant to look at on this boat because it's been weathered for so long and I just think it's very unflattering to look at you know like it's hard to I don't know it's it's hard to even get a like an eerie feeling from it because everything is so gross it's like they're just they might as well just be walking through a garbage dump yeah that's basically what it looks like like it looks like you're just walking through a dumpster yeah like it's it's disgusting and I hate it and plus like the lighting and stuff that they chose to use like it was just super dark right I guess because they were supposed to be like just looking around with flashlights and things like that but like anytime that a movie or show chooses to use lighting like that it makes it hard for me to keep up because like you can't see anything you don't know what's going on yeah and everything just looks the same so murphy says that there was no survivors from this boat so like you're like well what happened to that little girl you know because you saw that she lived at the beginning so it's like where did she go to and on my first watch of this i was thinking like like did she you know like did she kill herself did she like try to cannibalize these dead bodies so she could survive like well I, I, you know what i mean like i just like i could because i couldn't remember so like that's so weird i don't know what happened to her I couldn't remember either, and I just, like, kept waiting for her to, like, pop out and be, like, a crazy old lady. Yeah. Uh, Which would have been kind of cool, to be honest with you. I feel like that that could have went that route very easily. (laughs) That would have been a cool dynamic to take instead of what they did, really. Yeah. But also, I guess that wouldn't have been as on theme. Right. But still... So there's this grandfather clock that's hanging on the wall and it's nasty like everything else and the little chime on it starts it's like moving back and forth as if it still works and then it stops all of a sudden and it sounds that big like dong dong kind of sound and it it's like a jump scare scare because you don't expect it so it scares you and then while the crew is kind of like making fun of each other about getting scared and stuff and they're gonna walk away from where they were at you see that that weird toy from the beginning that Katie had is on, like, laying on this table. And it just spells out on its own the word welcome. Oh, I didn't notice that either. Yeah. It, That's it, really creepy. Right, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay. So, we're, we're, getting some, we're getting some ghost action here. <laughs> so, then, right after that, like, everybody's still just kind of walking through and exploring and stuff. And they're getting ready to go through this doorway and Munder takes him upon himself to, like, lead the group. And he's chewing and on his cigarette for some reason. I don't know if you noticed that. He's a weird that. little dude. He's my favorite one. But I yeah. like him. He's cute. He, he is really cute. And, but I was like, why in the world is he chewing on his cigarette? Like, he's literally chomping on it. <laughs> because he's dumb. <laughs> like, he's obviously dumb. Right. <laughs> Which gets me to our next scene. Uh, he falls through the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, he goes to, like, and hits this, like, rotted part of the floor, and he falls through, and Epps grabs him, and uh, he's, like, kicking and screaming and whatever, and she's, like, trying to pull him back up. And yeah. she looks over, and she gets a glimpse of Katie standing on the uh, floor beneath where they're at, like, through the hole. Yeah. And she thinks that she's just, like, hallucinating or whatever. So she, like, pulls him back up. And she tells... I think she tells Jack about it. 
Yeah, she does. It takes her a minute, though. Like, she doesn't say anything about it right away. It's just, she's visibly shaken up, and he, he... It has to be a little later, though, when she tells Jack about it, because he didn't come on the boat with them. They oh, wait, no, him. it wasn't Jack. I lied. It was uh, Dodge. She told Dodge about it. Yeah. Because there's supposed to be some sort of weird romantic thing between her and Dodge, but I mean... They I couldn't tell it through the whole movie until it was mentioned later. <laughs> yeah, like, they don't really build on that at all, which is fine. I didn't need that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there was no need for, like, any kind of romance, but, like, it just kind of annoyed me that they brought it up later, and you're like, when did that become a thing? Right. When was that obvious? Right. They go into the, uh, after they save Munder and the ghost, they the, with the ghost experience and all that stuff, um, they go into the place where you drive the boat, I don't know what that's called, but, um... They're in there looking around and they find this digital watch laying in there underneath some stuff that works. So it's like somebody else has been on this boat. Yeah, because obviously they didn't have digital watches back in 1962. Right. And then Murphy picks up the captain's log and is looking at it. And he says that um, 56 days after the last log in that book, some fishermen had found that boat... And nobody was on it, and there was no signs of distress or anything like that. So that's kind of like, what? Because, like, you know that there should have been, like, blood and stuff everywhere. 56 days later, there definitely would have been. Like, there would have been dead bodies, there would have been blood, but then, but there was nothing. So, like, that's weird. There were 600 passengers, so it's like, what happened to all these people? Right. Murphy is talking about this once they're back on the tugboat, and, you know, he's telling everybody about it. And this includes Ferryman Jack. Um, (laughs) and he's explaining that like this boat was also it wasn't just a cruise ship but it was like taking cargo from london to america and like how weird it is that everybody just seemingly vanished and whatever and then jack name drops the movie and and says that it must have been a ghost ship yeah (laughs) he's jack is really trying to befriend epps and uh he what is that even what did i write does he give he gives her something what does he give her i wrote he gives her something i can't read it a cigarette that's it yeah he yeah no that's (laughs) i lied earlier guys so she did tell jack about it i was thinking she told dodge about it like directly after but she didn't right i wrote i wrote smoke here instead of cigarette which is weird (laughs) And the, gave her a smoke yeah but it looks like i wrote gave her a shake <laughs> <laughs> jack is trying to be for an ips and gives her a shake is what it looks like very romantic <laughs> like he grabs her and just shakes her real good i thought it like a milkshake <laughs> <laughs> one shake two straws please <laughs> Oh my god. I'm just imagining those characters in a different setting with that happening. That's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, she does end up telling him about Katie after uh, he gives her the cigarette or whatever because, you know, I guess someone gives you a cigarette. It's a clear sign you can trust them. Uh, Whatever. But they find a big giant hole in this uh, 
boat so they know they have to fix that before they can haul it in or whatever and this this movie does this thing a lot where it flashes back and forth from one scene to another like you it's not real it's not a real continuous flow like you'll have like like a scene with Epps and then all of a sudden it'll flash to a scene with Santos and then it'll flash to a scene with somebody else like it does that all throughout this movie but Santos where he's like the mechanic and the driver and all that stuff um he's working on the engine of the tugboat and he's having a conversation with a picture of a car (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was so funny like but he's just kind of making fun of of Murphy and like he's irritated because he didn't even like I guess he didn't even want to be there and like he's talking about how um how Murphy doesn't even speak good English (laughs) I don't know I just thought it was funny that he was talking to that picture of that car (laughs) Santos deserved better yeah he's pretty cool guy (laughs) I guess you still I don't know like did they go back they must have went back on the boat after that point they did they went back on the boat because they went to try to find the um they went to try to find stuff that they could use to repair the hole along with the stuff that they already had with them so they uh, all split up, which, I mean, what else do you do in a horror movie? Right. Everybody split up. So it uh, first, it cut, like you said, it does that thing where it'll show each character for like 20 seconds and then it'll cut to another character. So first we get a glimpse of Epps and she's by herself uh, in a room where it looks like there's like an indoor pool. Mm-hmm. I think she tries to use her walkie. Yeah, and it won't work. Yeah, the walkies are all, like, fritzing out. And then it, like, goes and does, like, a circle around all the characters and shows how all their walkies are messing up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Epps is exploring the pool. She's, like, down in it. And uh, she goes to climb back out of it. Well, she finds, she, gets to the- she finds bullet holes in it first. Yeah, she finds those bullet holes and she's trying to figure out, like, why there's bullet holes. And uh, she goes to climb back out and she gets to the top of the ladder and there's Katie. Scares her so bad that she falls backwards into the pool. And she bleeds and the blood goes in one bullet hole and then seemingly pours out of another one. (laughs) Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, it's like that hole, like, sucked it up. It's like... Yeah, and then it just starts oozing out of a different hole. <laughs> Why? Why would that happen? And it was like thick, thick. Yeah. Like it didn't even seem like blood. It seemed like what's that movie I'm thinking of? Hang on, it had Robin Williams in it. With the little slime things. That's what it oh, made me flubber? think of. Flubber, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like blood flubber. <laughs> Blood like that's how flubber. thick it was. <laughs> that blood flubbers like the uh, the horror ver- movie version of flubber. <laughs> blood f- blubber. <laughs> blubber. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound as scary as what I intended for it. To. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway uh and then after she falls back into the pool it cuts again to somebody else it cuts over to murphy and murphy is in the like captain's quarters or whatever and And, uh this is like a weird scene because i'm like in my mind i'm like who would drink this 
But he finds this, like, bottle of, I'm going to assume, is scotch. Yeah. And there's, like, already, like, a glass of it poured there. Yeah. And he just picked it up, and he was going to drink it. And I'm like, that's disgusting, my guy. Like, at least get some new out of the bottle. Right. And then he So there's old stale alcohol that's just, like, sitting here. For however long. And then... Yeah. He sees a bloody straight razor in the sink, in the, like, you know, in the bathroom there. And then he's, like, looking in the mirror. Yeah, and he looks up in the mirror as he's about to take a sip, and he sees the reflection of the dead captain. And he gets startled, and he drops the glass. And then then it cuts again. Yeah, and then when it cuts this time, it cuts to Dodge and Munder in the engine room where they find that it's like flooded or whatever. Um, and you don't know really where Greer is at right now. He just kind of went on by himself after the, after Murphy went into the captain's room. Yeah. And then it cuts back over to, uh, Epps who like had fell back in the pool and she looks up and she starts yelling for the little girl. And then all of a sudden Jack appears and he's like, Hey, are you Okay. He helps her climb out of the pool. And then as they're leaving, it shows that the pool's like filling up with blood and like bodies are floating through the blood or whatever. Yeah, like the the blood comes out of all of those bullet holes and it just fills all the way up. And then there's all these bodies floating around in there. Of course, they don't notice it at all, which I'm like, I feel like you'd at least smell that. It's blood. You get a swimming pool full of blood and you're going to smell it. There's no way you wouldn't. I think that, again, they were trying to go for that same kind of vibe, like 13 Ghosts. Like, you know that scene in 13 Ghosts where that girl's getting ready to take a bath? No, like, maybe she just got out of the bath. No, she's getting ready to take a bath, and, like, it keeps showing, like, the dead girl behind her and stuff like that. And, like, when she, like, is turning on the faucet, it's showing blood running out of the faucet and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's going for that same kind of vibe, but it just didn't, it didn't hit the same Right, no, it did not. I think, yeah, I think they really were trying to ride the coattails of 13 Ghosts, like, so hard, and it just caused this movie to be a a disaster. They tried too hard is really the issue here. Anyway, um, after that, the walkies start freaking out again. And playing music. uh, Playing music, yeah, you can start hearing that Francesca singing across the walkies. Yeah, and... Dodge and Munder think that it's Epps playing a joke on them for some reason. Because they're stupid. Yeah. So anyway, after this, it cuts to Epps and Jack who have now teamed up together and they go into this little like laundry room and uh, they're looking around in or whatever and they go to open this door and they get knocked down by water. And dead bodies. Yeah, there's a bunch of dead bodies. There's like two or three dead bodies. And it's not the ones from the 60s. It's new. like, yeah, they're, they're new. <laughs> like, they are, they're obviously pretty fresh. Like, they got some, like, weird, like, some gross um, decaying and stuff from, like, the water or whatever. But, like, you can tell that, like, they've only been there for, like, a few weeks or something. So yeah. they're like, this is weird. Like, how did these people die? Why are they here? Jack doesn't want to leave, even though this just happened. Like, Epps is like, we have to get off this boat. We got to get out of here. And Jack's like, no. <laughs> it's fun. This is fun. Yeah. Like, so there's a there there's red flags all over this Jack character. Just the entire there's time. There's obviously something weird with him. Well, I mean, the fact that he just, like, randomly walked up to them in a bar and was like, 
hey, I was eavesdropping and I just so happened <laughs> to have seen this big abandoned boat. And I thought you might be interested in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's definitely, he he's, he's messed up. <laughs> because the writing in this movie is just phenomenal. Yeah. So anyway, right after this, we finally see what happened to Greer. So Greer is all by himself in this like um, ballroom-esque room. He walks in and he finds a piano and he starts like, you know, playing on her or whatever, being stupid. And he looks down and he sees that there's a lit cigarette with lipstick on it. He's like, oh, that's weird. When did Epps start wearing lipstick? (laughs) (laughs) And then the saint francesca is there like watching him i don't think he he doesn't see her yet though but yeah no he doesn't know she's there he is making comments about her photo though about her her boobs and stuff yeah and then he's like but not as nice as my fiance's and stuff like that just be (laughs) yeah like like nobody's even around like who are you saying this for (laughs) and then it cuts back to jack and epps who had to go a different way through the boat because the door they had just came through won't open anymore so they end up in the cargo uh hold and jack starts freaking out laughing and being crazy because supposedly because there's a car sitting in there now why you would freak out about this car i don't even know because the thing is disgusting it's ruined like everything else on this boat like it's got like sea mold all over it and like rust and you know there's no way you're ever going to get this thing to work and then he ends up convincing Epps to go through this other door on through the cargo department and there's these crates and stuff in there and uh, they're full of gold bars that are also covered in rats. (laughs) Also where'd the rats come from? They're in the middle of the ocean. Right and there's not anything there for them to live on so why are they there? You know, that's that's a good question. That's a big plot hole that I didn't think about during the movie. But, like, they're literally out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean. Like, yeah. how did rats get there in the first place? And also, what are they eating? And why are they just, like, how are they alive still just locked inside of this box? With yeah, all they this... were locked inside that trunk. Yeah, like, they can't live on gold. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous terrible rotting oh yeah so they end up going through the kitchen and there's these like giant fish bones inside of this meat locker that's in that kitchen and they're just bones like literally just bones hanging there and uh some kind of weird it looks like a big giant cheesecloth kind of thing and munder and uh what's his name dodge are inside of those cheesecloths and they scare Epps which it also scared me when I watched it because they looked terrifying I thought it was some kind of ghost spirit thing (laughs) yeah I did too I thought for sure it was gonna be some kind of ghost things but yeah so they scare her because they thought she was trying to scare them you know with that singing on the walkie or whatever and then she tells them that they just found dead bodies jack though that tells them that they found gold so again you get this red flag that something's wrong with him because he's not even concerned that there were dead people there he's like who cares about the bodies listen about the gold right you know like they gather everybody together greer is like super suspicious of this boat he's like i don't think something feels off this isn't right like 
you know, whatever. And nobody else seems to care, except Epps kind of cares, but nobody else really does. And they all go into that room to see the gold, and the whole time Jack is, like, laughing maniacally, like, just crazy. Ah, ah, like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, like, Dodge thinks he's just excited because they're going to be rich, and he starts laughing, too, and, and hugging him and stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, oh, man, you guys are nuts. You're all crazy. <laughs> And Dodge doesn't want to call the Coast Guard because he's afraid that they won't get the gold if the Coast Guard comes because the skull doesn't have any markings on it or anything, which would indicate that it was stolen at some point. Yeah. So the choice they make is to take a crate of the gold. I guess they were probably going to take all of it, but they definitely were going to take one crate. And as they're lowering it off the boat, you see Katie up there yelling at them to stop and then you see something like tackle her but you can't tell what it is yeah and then it cuts to uh Santos which he was in the bottom of their boat and Mm -hmm. Greer was up top he was gonna like start it and it shows Santos and all of a sudden like he's down there trying to fix the engine or whatever where they'd like hit the side of the ship Mm -hmm. and you can see the one of the propane tanks loosen like just you know magically i'm sure by a ghost or something but (laughs) he notices it because he starts like smelling it or whatever and he's like oh no and he screams at greer and about that time greer hits start and the whole boat explodes yeah and then you see santos come flying off of it like covered in fire and uh covered in fire i don't know <laughs> he is on fire his entire body is on is covered in fire <laughs> he, he's engulfed in flames <laughs> he's covered in anyway fire. uh santos is very dead <laughs> greer makes it barely yeah uh epps jumps in the water and saves him yeah, which that looked scary. That looked very scary to me. Like, that's a quite a jump. Like, I don't even know how you'd survive that. But they decide to spend the night on the boat then and patch the hole in the, in the morning and that they're, you know, gonna just have to try to drive this ancient boat over to, like, this island's edge so they can help get help or whatever. And Epps literally says, we'll chill, to- we'll chill tonight and go in the AM. Like, why are you I talking like that? Like, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, that's so cringy. Like, I don't. Like- How very 2002 of you. <laughs> we'll just chill tonight and go in the AM. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, like, she's talking in text. Yeah, before we did texting. <laughs> G2G, guys. <laughs> Greer and Munder, I think it is getting to like an altercation. Like, I think Greer punches Munder. Then Greer just sulks away by himself. And then Munder and uh, Dodge go into the kitchen and open up food that is 40 years old and start eating it. And they're being real weird about it. And Munder's like... Oh my god, this is delicious. This is absolutely great, you know, and they're like chowing down. And uh then all of a sudden you can see something white. Munder is like, Hey, you got something on your face and 
they look down in their food and it's maggots like they're just like chowing down on a bunch of maggots yeah and then they just like maggots just start pouring out of both of their mouths and it's so just completely disgusting i mean i cannot even like i hate maggots i hate anything to do with that it freaks me out it's disgusting just this is also one of those scenes though that i'm like why is this here yeah it didn't really make a lot of sense in the in with the rest of it like yeah it's like what's the purpose of having this here right (laughs) i guess they had to make something happen to each one of them like but we already know something's up with this boat by this point so yeah i don't know it's just an extra gross factor i suppose honestly like i would have preferred that they did something actually with ghosts same same and then you see that Epps is in the hallway alone and all the doors slam shut except for one door which then opens um and when she goes inside you see like children's toys and stuff in there so you know that this is katie's room yeah, because out of the 600 people on this boat, <laughs> like that, there wasn't a single other child. It just had to be Katie's room. Right. <laughs> so she finds Katie's corpse hanging in the closet. And again, I had the thought, I was like, Katie killed herself because she went insane because she's the only one who survived. That's what I thought when I saw Yeah, that. that's what I thought too. And then Greer is in a room, he's back in that ballroom again, and then that suddenly just starts putting itself back together to look like it did back in the 60s. And this was CGI, which you can tell. I mean, they said in the DVD commentary that you couldn't tell that it was CGI, but you definitely could. Well, again, this was 2002. Maybe in 2002, this was very high-tech looking, but for today's standards, it's not at all. No. So the room puts itself back together. Francesca comes down off the stage um, and starts like kissing Greer and stuff. And Greer is weird and just says he's going to go with it because he can't cheat on his uh, lady with a ghost. So, though, I disagree with that statement. What? <laughs> It's not cheating if she's dead, I think is what he said. Yeah, which is, like, I'm glad we're talking about ghosts here and not something else, but still, I think it counts. I don't, I don't think, you can still be unfaithful even if it's with a ghost, you know? (laughs) But also, again, this is one of those parts that just didn't make any sense. It's like, why was he so chill about this? Right. Like, 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 did he think he was hallucinating? Did he think he was dreaming? I mean, he says to her, none of this is real, so I'm just going to go with it. That's, like, what he says. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, why is he so calm that he's having these, like, really hardcore hallucinations all by himself? But it cuts from that, and you see that Murphy is having a drink with the ghost captain, um, who at first is only speaking to him in Italian, so you don't even know what he's saying. And that's kind of a short scene, and then it goes back to Epps, uh, who is taking the locket off of the dead body of Katie. And then Katie appears and asks her to be careful with that locket because it's got pictures of her parents in it and basically just starts telling her story at this point to Epps and says that she was on the boat with her brother because she was trying to travel to get to her parents who were in New York. So that explains why she was even on there to begin with. And I don't know, like Epps then goes to hand her that locket and it goes through her hand and Epps freaks out and is like, oh, you really are a ghost. Like, did you think this wasn't a ghost? Like, did you think did this you was... Did you think that this was a child just on this boat in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, like, that would be worse, I think. Like, 
<laughs> like she literally is like, oh, you really are a ghost. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, duh. Like, what else? I mean, I don't know. I do not know what her line of thinking was there. So, so then after that, we cut back to Greer. And uh, Greer's like following Francesca around. And Francesca's like undoing like her dress. Like she's getting naked, basically. Yeah. And he's following her. And then it cuts again. And oh. it cuts back to Murphy. Yeah, who is with the ghost captain who hands him a photo book. And for some reason, in the photo book, there are pictures of the crates with the gold in it. Which I'm like, like why did he have pictures of that? And how did he get them? Like, that does, I don't know. I don't hey, we're understand. doing this very illegal thing. Let's take some pictures of it. All right. Yeah, like, I just, I don't understand why there were photos of those crates. And then he's like... He tells him that there was that there was one survivor and gives Murphy a picture, but like you don't get to see what the picture is, but Murphy looks freaked out about it, which you'll figure out why later, yeah, and then uh Katie it cuts back to Katie and Epps, and Katie tells Epps that they're all trapped on the boat that someone is trying to meet a soul quota, which I'm like, okay, I don't understand that, but whatever, and then the ceiling starts like growing veins and katie says he doesn't want me talking to you and then she disappears yeah that that whole thing it never really got explained too well either honestly like the whole deal with the like soul collecting and stuff yeah i wasn't like satisfied with their uh conclusion with that either no no not at all i thought it would be explained a lot better later yeah there's no real uh, explanation really and then we go back to murphy who's trying to find like anybody else to show them that picture but then he starts seeing santos and it's like santos's ghost but then he starts thinking Epps is santos and like they have a big fight with each other and it's really bizarre and weird and then while that's going on you go back to greer who's now like following the completely naked friend Cheska and he goes to grab her and falls through her to his death um at the bottom of like an elevator shaft (laughs) yeah that's pretty gruesome which i mean no offense greer but you deserved it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what you get for trying to cheat remember that guys (laughs) (laughs) keep that in mind if you if you cheat you will be killed by a ghost in an elevator (laughs) (laughs) that's the rule i don't make them (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna go in our surviving the paranormal guidebook yeah (laughs) never cheat or you'll die in an elevator shaft (laughs) (laughs) so they lock murphy in the aquarium because he's dangerous because he's hallucinating or whatever and I think that they believe it's because he's drunk because they know he, like, you can smell that, like, 40-year-old scotch on him or however old that scotch was. <laughs> Probably way older than that, I imagine. Yeah. So your three remaining people, Epps, Dodge, and almost said Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> it's Epps, Dodge, Munder, and Jack right now. Yeah. Munder and Epps and Dodge dive down in underneath the the water to go fix that hole in the boat, and they do. They they patch it up and they start draining the. They run like a tube to start draining the water out of it and whatever. 
Um, and it's around this time after that's done that Ips. I don't know why Ips keeps going off on her own, but she does. And like, she will have to look for Greer. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Dodge and Munder stay in there where the water's draining out. And she finds Greer's body impaled on those like wires from that broken elevator. And for some reason, the picture of his girlfriend is tangled up in the the ropes next to him. And I'm like, like, why was that even out of his pocket? Like, I don't understand what happened there. To remind you that he was cheating, and that's why he died. <laughs> yeah, that it's fine that he's dead because it. it's fine that this guy died because he was cheating (laughs) maybe right before he fell to his death he quickly pulled out the picture of his fiance (laughs) as he was falling he said oh shoot i better look at this real fast (laughs) (laughs) so Um, she knows i wasn't really cheating right (laughs) so um katie Katie appears at this point and she grabs a hold of Epps and says she's going to show her what happened and then like some kind of weird new metal song starts playing that I think is like Nine Inch Nails or something and a weird like violent montage happens at this point. <laughs> it was kind of badass though. I'm not going to lie. I like that part a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did a good job with it. Um, I thought that part was cool too. But uh, so basically, she shows um she shows Epps like what happened to everybody on the boat and how like all the people who were supposed to be like staff and crew members and cooks and stuff like that were all in on it. And uh, they were basically, from what I understood, just trying to use that ship to transport all of that stolen gold so they wanted to kill everybody else who was on board yeah which just doesn't make sense because like why would anybody i mean the regular passengers probably would not have cared but yeah i mean i don't think any of them even knew and that is another big plot hole it's like what was the purpose of killing all these people yeah well i mean you find out though that it's because of the soul quota thing like but the food was poisoned uh, the cooks were shot. The real cooks were shot. Uh, you see Katie's brother get his throat slit by some goons. Um, there are people that get gunned down into the swimming pool. Like It's just so much chaos and, and craziness. And then those same... The, like The part that I thought was so crazy too was like those goons were like carrying Katie to you know go kill her. And as they're going through the hallway they have like that straight razor and every person they pass they like slit... They're like slitting people's throats as they walk past them. And I'm like wow. Okay. <laughs> it was very very over the top. Oh yeah absolutely. So they hang Katie. And then you see that uh, Francesca, you know, was in on it. And she comes into that room where that guy just gunned down all the other goons that were helping him with the gold. And then Francesca shoots him and kills him. And then Jack is there. Like, that's your big thing. Like, all of a sudden, this man comes in. He kisses Francesca. And then um a hook comes down and hooks her in the chin just like hangs her and like she's swimming oh god back that was gruesome too it was gross and she was still alive and it's like halfway through her head yeah and she's just dangling there and then you see that this guy that just kissed her is is jack and Ibs sees that too and she's like oh no <laughs> the guy that gave me a cigarette isn't trustable <laughs> 
So then after this like um, huge discovery, uh, it cuts back to Munder and Dodge and they're back in that room, like waiting for the water to like uh, come out of the bottom of the boat. And all of a sudden one of the propellers clogs up. So Munder's like, I'm going to go check on that. So he goes alone and dives under the water and hear where all these propellers and stuff are. Also at the end, of uh katie's little memory montage or whatever doesn't it show uh murphy yeah 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 you're right and Epps is like oh no murphy and she like goes to the aquarium to check on murphy and murphy's already dead he's drowned. like he's drowned yeah the little aquarium thing filled up with water and he drowned and that picture that the captain gave him floats up and it's a picture of jack laying in a bed <laughs> Again, it's like, why? And why like, does how, he have this? Right, like, and how does he have that? Like, how, like the captain died. How did he take this picture? <laughs> Ghost photos, I guess. I don't know. I, so then it cuts back to Munder, who is under the water, and he's trying to fix his perfect... Propeller. Propeller. Oh God! We're at and the then end. all of a sudden, you can hear it like creaking and stuff, and he has that realization, you know, that it's getting ready to start working. And he's like, "Oh no!" And he starts trying to like quickly swim away, and uh, his foot gets caught. And this part's pretty gruesome too. Mm-hmm. His foot gets caught in the little um, gear, and uh, it basically eats him. Yeah, it just grinds him up. It just grinds him up. Epps goes to look for him and she's like Munder, Munder, and she looks down in the water and like at the bottom of the little thing there, all you can see is like a couple of his fingers in his face. Yeah. Everything <laughs> <laughs> else is just grounded up. Right. And then uh, Epps goes into where the, the boat steering wheel and all that stuff is and like <laughs> the boat steering wheel. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm not rich enough to know things about boats, okay? <laughs> oh, fair. But Dodge is in there and she starts to tell Dodge what's going on, but then as she does as she is, Jack shows up. So she doesn't want to say anything in front of him and she tells them to stay there together uh, to keep an eye on each other basically. Um and then as soon as she's gone, more or less Jack starts saying some really misogynistic garbage to Dodge about how he's not a man and how he lets a, he's letting a woman control him and like that he doesn't even have enough uh, guts to say anything to her to let her know how he feels and all this crazy stuff. So Dodge ends up shooting him and you think he's dead and like you see Dodge like walking out but then Jack just like looks back up like at the camera basically. At this point, Epps is setting up explosives to destroy the ship, and Dodge comes to where she's at, and it actually ends up being, like, when he starts talking to her and stuff, she knows it's not him because he doesn't ask about Munder, and then he starts doing that crazy laugh, and he turns, he shapeshifts back into Jack, so, like, Jack can shapeshift, evidently. Yeah, which, I mean, wasn't even anything that was relevant throughout the whole rest of the movie. No. And then Jack starts explaining to her, like, he's like, you can't destroy this boat. 
um, I have to use this boat to collect souls. And once it's full of enough souls, then I can send it away. And if something happens to this boat, management would not be happy with me. Again, like, the whole plot, like, the whole, like, purpose of this wasn't explained very well at all. Like, I still don't understand what exactly uh, Jack was supposed to be. No, and he also, he's like, I have to collect souls because I was a bad person when I was alive. And it's like, so you were a bad person, so in the afterlife, somebody's making you murder people and collect their souls? Like, it's not even like they're dying naturally and then you're collecting their souls? That makes no sense. And it's like, how many do you have to have? Right, like, I gotta fill my soul quota and then send yeah. the ship. And then send the ship to management. Like, what are you talking about? Right, like, what? I just, I don't know. Like, it just, it just had a terrible storyline. Like, they just didn't even try. No. They were just like, oh, if we put enough gore in this, no one will notice that we didn't write anything. Right, like, God bless. I mean, they really could have went in such a different, they could have easily made this a good movie. And then, um, he admits to Epps that he killed Dodge, even though we didn't see how that happened or anything. You never do. You don't know how it happened. She shoots a harpoon at the little explosive thing after he knocks her on the ground by making using his mind to make a pole hit her in the head and then she <laughs> shoot <laughs> yeah like okay and then she shoots that harpoon at that little explosives thingy and detonates it and he you see him explode okay she doesn't i don't no. Which also doesn't make any sense because, like, keep in mind, he looks like he's obviously not like a real person. Yeah. He's some kind of demon thing or a ghost or something. A, how is he like physically touching them? And B, like, how does his physical body explode? Right. It's because so he was confusing. the exact same age in 2002 as he was in 1962. <laughs> exactly yeah and then so she like survives this explosion somehow even though like i said like it 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 destroys him and but she survives and then as she like survives um you know katie katie's ghost comes and helps guide her out like through underwater and out into you know to where she can breathe again and all that stuff and you see the souls all being freed now and they're like blue and they're floating up through the water and they're like like they're like they're spiraling. like swimming and they're going in a spiral around the sinking ship yeah and the ship is just sinking and they're like and they're just spiraling up and turning into like dust or something like stardust i guess and going up into the sky what little angels <laughs> little angels like i don't understand and then and then finally katie's soul is freed and she can leave and you know and whatever and it has it's just real weird like in um the the version of um a christmas carol that has patrick stewart in it there's a part where like all these like damned souls are like basically floating in what looks like a tornado like spiraling up into the sky on christmas night and that's what it reminds me that's 100% what that is <laughs> yeah god so y'all ripped off a christmas carol how dare they <laughs> honestly warner brothers probably also made that movie i don't know yeah probably 
So the boat finally sinks. There's a trunk randomly that didn't explode or sink or anything, and Epps crawls on top of this trunk and uh, starts floating away. Her also, face is... like, why does it not sink? It's full of gold bars. Right. And How does that is... make sense? <laughs> her face is all burnt up, and she looks terrible, and uh, a big giant cru- cruise ship ends up seeing her, I guess, and then suddenly she's in an ambulance, and she's laying there, and she's getting treatment, and then she looks up because the ambulance is right there next to where the boat is docked and she looks up in time to see a bunch of uh crew members carrying those gold uh bar crates onto the boat and then you see jack in behind them like turn and look at her and she screams no and then mudvane comes back on and the movie goes off (laughs) well i don't know if you noticed this but those crew members were her crew members oh my god you're right because that last one the last one is dodge yeah yeah so it's all of her crew members and now they work for jack so that boat that saved her turns into the new ghost ship yeah uh cycle repeats is the last line that i wrote down (laughs) (laughs) and you know the thing is is like that that movie had so much potential if it was written better yeah like if it made more sense they just didn't do it that's justice. really that was really their downfall there because it was a really cool concept but the whole thing honestly that whole thing with jack was just stupid it really was like i don't know they definitely could have went a completely i'm also i'm never a fan of ghosts that kill people like i just don't like that and like the whole thing too where like jack was like marking certain spirits with that weird fish hook thing like that also wasn't really explained or anything like that either like why didn't they at least give that some sort of a meaning like none of it had any kind of meaning like none of it made any sense they didn't even like from what i can tell i can't even think of anything that they based him off of no i have no idea it makes like any kind of like you know fairy tales or anything like that like the grim reaper anything i just i i don't know i don't know i think they just wanted to make a gimmicky gory movie and that's what they did but that had potential and they just like they just ruined it they absolutely did yeah they did i kind of they did what they just did such a terrible job with it in my opinion I kind of wish that somebody would take that idea and like try it again. Yeah. But I mean, do been, more with it. It's been 20 years. They definitely could. It has been plenty long enough that somebody could like steal that idea now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like do a remake of it and make it better. Like that, that's, that would be so easy to do. But so I don't know. That's, uh, that's the, the movie that is Ghost Ship. Um, what kind of rating do you give this movie? I'll give it five stars for gore and one star for story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a two just across the board because it's not, I don't want to watch it again. Um, I I won't watch it again. I thought that there were a couple scenes in it that were very cool for me, but it's just not a rewatch kind of movie. Literally, honestly, guys. I, I hopped it up really hard in our last episode because <laughs> I remembered, like, in my mind, I remembered it being a lot more cool. But also, I was 16. <laughs> yeah. I remembered it being, uh, like, better than it is, too. But, like, I hadn't seen it. I, I mean, it was longer than that since the last time I watched it. 
And the only thing I could remember from it was that uh, that opening scene. And that opening scene is glorious. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's all I remember. I remember that opening scene. And I remember those little ghosts spir- spiraling around and going into heaven or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those two scenes. And I was like, oh, that's good enough for me. That's a fantastic movie. It was not lied, worth, y'all. Like it was not worth the six dollars that I spent to watch it. So again, everybody listening to this, share this with some people so I can get some get my money back. <laughs> Help us make back our nine bucks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I hope you all like this episode. This is a very jam packed episode. We had a lot to talk about, um, and we really appreciate you all for listening and and checking us out and stuff we want to hear from you we want to know what do you think of this movie do you like this movie do you think it's terrible um do you agree with with us on it do you disagree with us i mean i want to hear if you are a person who enjoys this movie for everything that it is i want to hear your thoughts on it because i i would just love to talk to somebody who's really who who truly is a fan of it because maybe then i could see something that i didn't see on my own but um if you want to let us know about your thoughts on this or anything else paranormal related or anything like that, um, you can send us an email at the midnight moth podcast at gmail.com. You can contact us on either Facebook or Instagram at the midnight moth. Um, and you can also find our co-host on, or I'm sorry, you can also find our co-ghost on Instagram. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram under TMM underscore co-ghost. And I love to hear from you guys. Anything that you want to message me about, I'm always open to hearing from you. If you made it through this whole episode, bless you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a long one. This is a doozy. Yeah. Um, If you guys have anything that you want to hear us review, like, please send it our way and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next week we are going to be covering our, uh, haunted oceans episode, which is going to, going to be like, go like actual real life ghost ships, um, haunted lighthouses and haunted beaches. So, uh, you all don't want to miss that because that's going to be a very creepy paranormal lighted episode. Um, in the meantime, if any of you have stories about any of that kind of stuff, like if you've ever seen a ghost ship, if you've ever seen a ghost on the beach, you know, if you are a ghost on the beach, um, also send us those. <laughs> <laughs> also send us those stories and uh, and let us hear about that stuff too, because we love hearing your all's experiences and um, stuff like that. Don't forget to uh, leave us a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this at share us with people that you know that would enjoy this podcast help us continue to grow this community because the more listeners that that we have the more content we can bring you and um you know obviously the more content we can bring you just the more things there are to listen to so (laughs) the happier we can make you yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) um well thank you all so much for listening and until next time We'll keep the lantern burning for you.